Hi, I'm Van Kelly. I am an Aquarius, and even though I know that, I do not believe in astrology. Hi, I'm Paul Patrick, and uh, back in college, I did a masturbation bet with a friend of mine, and I lost. What is happening and welcome to our show, Every Day I'm Different. Now on the show, me, Van Kelly, and my co-host, Paul Patrick, will choose two random topics and discuss them in relation to our own experiences and stories. We hope you all agree sometimes, disagree sometimes, but always tell us how you feel about it uh, via social media. Paul, what's happening? Not too much. I'm exhausted. This is a long week and I'm very tired. Really? We were talking about this beforehand. This week flew by for me. I am on the one Xanax a day diet before yeah. uh, work. And I was telling you. And I'm, you're looking real trim too. I, I, uh, <coughs> excuse me. I honestly believe that the world would be a better place if everybody took one small Xanax before and work. My fact of the day, second one, was that I've never taken a Xanax before. So I am curious <laughs> how, how I'd feel. Like I'm just, pretty mellow and chill anyway. So that, yeah, well, I say that about myself too. But it's just a more—I don't even know how to describe it. But it just makes everything acceptable. Okay. Yeah. You know, you're not pumped about anything. You're not upset about anything. You know, you're at work. You're there to get it done, and the day just flies by. Okay. So, Paul, I don't know if this is a free ad read for Xanax. <laughs> <laughs> but drink your Xanax, kids. <laughs> yes, um, I'm a fan. That's that's what I got going for me. So right, this week well, hasn't been bad. Next time on, okay. Yeah, I mean, hey, that was your topic. Maybe yeah, your Xanax. love of Xanax. Take them. Uh, maybe next episode. Maybe we'll take a Xanax and just you know, okay, talk, talk about. It's all right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do bees dream? <laughs> no, I don't know. A... Uh, what would a color named Penta or Rupa look like? Penta five. Mix right. oranges and so purples like, together. Uh, five shades of purple. <laughs> and orange together. That's the Oru book. That is the least hot book I've ever read. <laughs> um, let's see. We're going to go with your topic first, I believe, today. Speaking right, of reading. Exactly. Speaking okay. of reading, um, I want to talk about reading. Interesting, I, because I was thinking about doing a topic on reading sooner than later. So I'm glad we knocked it out. Well, uh, then, the way. reading, you take it away. If you were thinking of it, what... Oh, what do no, you I've, think of? I've got my I've got my topic. You can start with what you were thinking of. No, first. no, I'm asking you. What oh, do you okay. think of? Yes. Um I am a I don't want to sound like a douche, uh, but I, I can't think of a, a better word right now because I guess I don't have that high of a vocabulary despite my reading. It's all the Xanax. Yeah. Well, you're the one yawning over there. I oh. know, yeah, you're not fucking not giving me nouns. Come on. <laughs> um Voracious. I'm a voracious reader. A voracious reader. Yes. Okay. I, me okay. and you both, uh, we both have extensive libraries. Uh, Fine new- leather bo- volumes, <laughs> tomes, if I you will. D- I don't know about that. I'm not a douche, but I do read a lot. And, You're smoking uh, a pipe right now. I'm sorry. It's just it helps me with my – that and Xanax help me with my OCD. Okay. And I – as I think I've shared on the show before, I used to be an athlete. I used to be a jock. I used to be a meathead. 
Um, and then I tore my ACL two times in a row and I had nothing to do but just sit around. And I remember uh, that was really when I got into The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Okay. Which kind of opened my eyes to, hey, you know what? Smart people don't have to be nerds. You can be funny. You can be interesting. You can be, you know, an extrovert. Yes. And, and shit like that. But you can't so, be an introvert at the same time. Absolutely. Call back. Right, absolutely go ahead. Absolutely not. And uh, so I got into reading heavily around my senior year of high school. I went into college as a psych major and changed to English when I realized that it's the same thing, only you don't have to do math and the people are made up. So there, there are no real consequences <laughs> when you psychoanalyze, uh, you know, Captain Ahab. Okay. Nobody gets hurt. He doesn't kill himself at the end of the day if you make a joke. Okay. So, uh, I'm a big time reader. Yourself? Um, well, I'll talk about myself in a second. Okay. Um, so, my question as as pertaining to reading. Yes. Are you more interested in the story or are you more interested in the prose style? Between those two, two. Between those two things. Well. What would you say? Since I'm an English person and I enjoy reading. I enjoy both of those things. Okay. I know my authors well enough to know what to expect. So when I'm in the mood for prose and the beauty of language, I'll read something, you know, like a Bukowski or or Tom Robbins or, you know, something that is unique and fun. Okay. And then if I'm going to go story-wise, you know, readers know I'm a big fantasy person. And this is a direction I was going to go when I was going to bring up reading and and stuff like that. I'm a big proponent of most stories have been told already. And it's kind of how you put your own original spin on them. Okay. So when it comes to just regular fiction... I, fu- I get bored pretty easily. Hmm. I'm, I'm either like a nonfiction guy, a very creative fictional writer, or fantasy. Okay. Like, I'm not the kind of guy who's going to be like, ooh, I really want to read A Tale of Two Cities. <laughs> okay. That doesn't really apply to me. Okay. So, but if I had to choose one over the other, uh, I, to me, there's one, one you left out, and that's character. I enjoy more than anything an interesting character. Okay. That's why Confederacy of Dunces I find so inter- interesting. The, uh, the the Black Barkeep is very interesting. Ignatius Riley obviously is very interesting. The girlfriend he writes, the Jewish girl in New York City, I find very interesting. But do you not like the plot of that? or The plot is inconsequential to me. Yeah. It's like, you know, if you're familiar with the Confederacy of Dunces, he gets a job at a gene factory. He gets a job selling hot dogs. He could have gotten a job doing anything, and I would have enjoyed watching Ignatius Riley bump into the 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 social faux pas that he that he has, you know, or or rather his social faux pas make him bump up against the norms of society. Okay, so I enjoy character probably more than anything else, hmm. uh, because I guess when now let me ask you: when you think of prose, yeah, do you think of very purple, purpley stuff, or do you think of like? Shorter, direct to the point is better. I think it really depends on what I'm in the mood for, okay. and and it really uh, kind of gets maybe to my larger point about my take on reading. Uh-huh. So, um, would you say that you think that I'm a reader? 
Based on your books in your house, I would say yes, but, you know, I own a bunch of video games, but I never play them, so I guess that's a moot point. Yeah, and I think I would have to say that these days, I'm not a voracious reader. Really? I definitely am a voracious reader of websites and news and and, uh, aggregated sites, and uh, I keep on top of that, but... I definitely don't sit down with a novel. Uh, my fiance, she Man. is a voracious. She's constantly reading something, yeah. and she burns through books. Okay. And I certainly have lots of friends who are voracious readers, but I'm definitely a very snail's pace when it comes to some reading. Okay. And because of that fact, when it comes to fiction, I'm actually way, 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 way more into a short story. Okay. I love a short story exactly. because I can I can get in and out in yeah. you know. 10, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. and I can sit with it, and I can, and you know, marinate on the the beauty of the language yeah. and the character that's presented and the plot. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that one of my biggest issues, um, maybe, is that I actually am most interested in story okay. and in the story. And we talked about this before when we talked about Lord of the Rings. Right. Um, I I will sit down and read, you know, the Bible or Greek mythology or you know uh, Norse mythology, whatever. Right. And it, it's not the way the story is written. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if you're aware, but uh, you know Neil Gaiman. Oh yeah, the he, Norse mythology. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know. Um, so he was trying to repackage Norse mythology for a modern reader. Right. Uh, put his own spin on it, but yeah. I would just be as happy to go check out a translation of the Poetic Edda uh, and 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 get the actual like the the kernel of the story. I mean, who's and, never in the mood for the Poetic Edda? <laughs> you know, and uh, or is it the Prose Edda? I don't know. Yeah, I didn't um, know what you were talking. About. The source of Norse mythology. Basically. Oh, it's called the. There's like a Poetic Edda and a Prose Edda. Uh, it sound, that all sounded very Greek, uh, Latin to me. I thought you were talking about some Latin Latin uh, stories. No, it's uh, an old Norse work. Uh, there's a prose edda, and uh, then maybe there's a poetic edda, whatever. Anyway, um, so my whole point is that I, A, kind of agree with you that in terms of story, it's almost that there's, there's only so many stories out there. Now, I, I think probably we're both pretty ignorant on this fact and that there are unique uh, ways that stories get written and told um, each generation. Like right now, I don't know if you're aware, but sort of the, the big hot topic right now is um, deceitful women, especially as narrators. It kind of started with uh, Gone Girl, if you remember that book and movie. Mm-hmm. I've um, seen the movie. I've read some Gillian Flynn, mm-hmm. but I enjoy Gillian Flynn, yeah. but I've never read Gone Girl. Oh, I really loved Gone Girl, actually. Really? So it's one of those that it's... it's it's. I, I Maybe my problem is that I'm just not going out there and finding yeah. the more unique spins on something. Yeah. Like, when I was reading that book, I was, you know, I was blown away by the twist because... Now, I haven't noticed this trend, but are you speaking also of like what's that? The Dan Mallory book that won the Pulitzer. Yeah, last yeah. Year? I was just reading about him. Like, okay. have you read about him, the author? Yeah, he's, he's a totally different tangent, but he's fucking crazy. He's the same. Like, he is like the. I would. Oh, what was it? I was listening to a podcast about uh-huh. True Detective. Okay. Because. Um, season three of True Detective, and this episode will come out fairly recently, so this should still be relevant. Uh, one of the newer episodes of, of True Detective had a, uh, a shot of a book that is important and written by the main character's wife. 
and they made a mention, like they had a line highlighted that was the name of Dan Mallory's book. And then in the podcast, they said, just like his female narrator in his book, he is also an unreliable narrator in his own life. I think apparently from what I gather, he kind of wants to be um, James uh, Frey, Mr. Ripley. What's that dude's name? The talented Mr. Ripley. He wants to be oh, yeah. uh, that character. Do you remember that, James Frey? Uh, A million little yeah. pieces. Like yeah. that's what popped into mind. No, he doesn't want to be that. He just, I mean, he's, he's actually written, you know, this book that won all these awards or well, whatever. So did James Frey. Uh, but I mean, like it, it wasn't James Frey's like a it's supposedly nonfiction work. And it was about his own experience. Yeah, but he then made I, it all up. Then I think once he got called, he was like, "All right, we'll call it fiction." Well, right, yeah. But anyway, anyway. Um, so anyway, I I think that I'm just not putting in the work to find books that would so so interest me, or I just lose interest once I dive into something, and I need something a little bit shorter. And here's kind of a wild uh, question to you, maybe yeah. um, book or movie when it comes to an adapted work. Uh, an adapted work. Would you rather watch the movie or see the book? Um, read the book. Obviously, I have not read every book that's been made in a movie and not seen every movie that was based on a book. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, Paul, struggling not to say ten times out of ten, I have enjoyed the the book more. And that's very much the the party line. Of yes. The book was better than the movie. Absolutely. But to me... It's, what helps that ring true is you take a wordsmith, somebody who does to the human language and writing what Michael Jordan does to basketball. Somebody yeah. like Cormac McCarthy, okay. who's won the Pulitzer Prize, whose movie was made into an Academy Award winning movie, yeah. uh, No Country for Old Men. Right. I enjoy the book better, and I fucking love that movie. Really? Why do you love the book so much? Oh, man. I think because of the prose. Like, the characters okay. don't do it for me in that. That, for him, for, every time I read Cormac McCarthy, it is like, how does this man get so much out of so little sentences? Okay. You know? I, I use Cormac McCarthy in my classroom to teach college kids because, you know, when college kids come around, they're like, well, the longer my sentence and the more words and the more flowery right. it is, the better. And yeah. then you show him Cormac McCarthy and you're just like, hey, this guy wins awards. He won the award. Yeah. And his, like, the average length of a Cormac McCarthy sentence is like seven words or something like that. Okay. It is unbelievable. And I have only read or tried to read Blood Meridian and I just couldn't get into it. Blood Meridian's a tough one to get through. That's probably not the first one I should have started. Not with. the first one you should have started. Fuck with. you, punctuation. <laughs> yeah, big so. time. And then the other end of the spectrum I was going to argue is something a blockbuster by an author I hate, Michael Crichton. Okay. I enjoy Jurassic Park the book more than I enjoy Jurassic Park the movie. Really? Why? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. They're, like, I enjoy details and I enjoy third-person perspective so you get things filtered through the different minds of people. Like when you make a movie of something, your mind is the only mind it's really being filtered through. Yeah. You know, in Jurassic Park, when... When Malcolm, is it Malcolm or Muldoon, the hunter, the Australian? Muldoon's the Muldoon. hunter, yeah. When Muldoon is hunting uh, and, you know, he gets attacked and killed by the velociraptors. Right. We're just seeing it. We're just seeing it happen. In the book, you're like, why is he doing it? What is he thinking about? What goes wrong? I enjoy all that. It's really, it's really character driven. And in movies, I feel like you lose the character because I know myself and most of who I am is what's going through my head. 
What yeah. comes out of my mouth is in no way a real representation of myself. <laughs> Please enjoy this podcast. <laughs> you know, I, I you're mentioning that makes me think, oh, you know what? I, I read Jurassic Park when the yeah. movie came out, and there was definitely some interesting details. And now I might compare my enjoyment of going back to read Jurassic Park to, say, my seeing a movie and then going to read the Wikipedia page, plot summary of some backstory. Coming back to our, our podcast on Lord of the Rings, yeah. um, I mentioned that I had not read Cimmerillion and had just you know read on Wikipedia summaries. And right. I have to be honest, I, I'm not going to ever read Cimmerillion, I don't think. And talk um, about some prose I hate. Fuck uh, Tolkien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not to bring that up again. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm just more so interested in the story and the world. And, and um, I, if I have to read it to get it, then great, but I I feel like I would just rather have it like condensed into this uh, little pocket, and I'm sure that says a lot about me. Whether it's just the way I consume uh, stories and literature, you know, I, I just wish I were sitting around a campfire hearing all these stories being told. You know, if, if Cormac McCarthy wanted to come over and tell me about Blood Meridian, oh, I would man. be, you know, if Kurt Vonnegut I, wanted to show up at my door and write a paper on Kurt Vonnegut, I did. I, uh, I can't disagree more. Yeah. I, I, I gotta know, like, and that's probably why you know I gravitate towards the gigantic fantasy series. When I'm when I'm done with a book, I'm like, all right, what the fuck happens next? I need to know where these characters go from. Yeah, here. and that's why I prefer. I mean, do you prefer movies or television shows? Oh, uh, I guess usually a movie, honestly. Yeah, see, I prefer television uh. because I want that long, you know. I guess like I wouldn't prefer a, a film version of Game of Thrones. Like I don't want a three-hour version of a you know eight yeah. you know, season epic. Right, you know? You're right. But to me, it's just uh, you know what's the old adage: the art is meant to imitate life uh-huh. in some aspect. And to me, it's mm-hmm. always been. I think it's adage. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Anyway, okay. anyway. <laughs> um, listen, when you read a lot, you don't pronounce words out. No, I, I say like I, uh, I run into that a lot. I've got a real penchant for, and people are like a penchant. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a penchant. Or uh, <laughs> when I was a kid, I thought the word uh, a, this should have been my fact sometime. Yeah. Uh, a w r y. Uh-huh. I thought that was the word haywire. Because I'd heard people say haywire aloud, and uh-huh. I see this word written, and it's being used to say, like, things went awry. They went right. haywire. I think it's like, man, that's a fucked up pronunciation of these four <laughs> letters, but I guess that's haywire. That's like the way the Cockneys went, hey, haywire. Right. Haywire. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's weird, Paul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, now I can't remember what we were talking about. That's so weird. Oh, the, uh, the adage that yes. um, <laughs> uh, art should imitate life. And okay. to me, it's always been like, especially, I can't disagree with you more, short stories are my least favorite way to intake the written word, huh. period, probably. Really? It, it, well, it, to me, it's like, you've got this character, they have a conflict, or they have a problem, and they deal with it. Or they don't. Or they, they don't, yeah. which, again, is a way of dealing with something. Right. You know? And uh, then it's over. Yeah. But in real life, that change that has been wrought upon you by your decisions or the conflict or whatever informs every other thing you do. 
And to me, I want to see how that important, if it was important enough to write that story and have a change or not change or a decision in a character's life. Now I want to see how that affected them going forward. See, but to me, a really good short story, it leaves enough detail, but also uh, enough of a vague impression Mm -hmm. that you are left to fill in the blanks or, um, or it is just an end and we're not seeing anymore. And this would get into maybe why I have problems with novels or extended, especially extended TV shows. We've talked about this before. I'm obsessed with endings. I want things to end good and right and properly. And I mean, it doesn't have to be good. It can be a bad ending, like bad things can happen, but I want it neatly tied up or you know at least I, I want it over with I don't want the to be left hanging uh, oh what happens next you know I uh, I think about the way the did you ever watch the Sopranos oh yes so the way the Sopranos ended and uh-huh. everybody debated over that endlessly yeah and I loved that ending actually which you'd think would be weird because it's kind of a vague ending but I don't think it's vague at all I think it is we're done and Either he is alive and he lives the rest of his life constantly looking over his shoulder, mm-hmm. or he died right there. But it's the same either way. Yeah. Like he's he's dead. He's he's a dead man walking one way or the other. You know, either he's going to jail, he's about to be arrested, he's about to be yeah. killed, or he is actually dead. Right. So to me, it was like we're done, we're over with. I, it yeah. killed me how much people are like. All right, let's analyze this scene and look at all the circles and all the the oh, way see, he looked I, down and like, no, fuck that. That's not. But are you against analyzing art in general? No, no, well, I'm the, not. The end is one of the most important parts. I'm like, saying, and I want an, an end that. Oh well, I guess I'm not saying. Maybe I am saying I want an end you don't debate over. Maybe that is it what sounds I'm like saying. that's what you're because saying. like you know Lord of the Rings that's a beautiful amazing ending. The uh, movie or the book yeah, because they're completely different. No, they're not completely different. Yeah. Friends, you bow to nobody. And oh, we, we Paul, had, don't do that. I know. I just try to make you cry. <laughs> and uh, that you know, head off to the the Grey Havens. Yeah, and that's it. We're done. And you know, that's it. there's not going to be you know Lord of the Rings two Electric Boogaloo. It's, right. Uh, it's all. Said but I mean, and done. that could be debated. You don't think that could be debated? What? What does, happened at the end? Yeah. Does PTSD ruin your life? Do you need to be coddled for the rest of your life after PTSD? Is that uh, what after fucking Mordor, you know, PTSD, I mean, I think that he was just, he, he'd had too much evil and he had to go. Okay. I mean, he was, he, 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 he died. He, that's. Frodo dies? Well, I mean, what else is that? Paul, you know, shut up. Shut up, Paul. <laughs> I mean, they're not. They're going, Everybody shut up. They're going to live forever. They're going to heaven. Right. I thought right. that's the, well, yeah. no, I thought the gray lands were the undying lands. Well, yeah. But you can't sail to heaven. Well, in, in Tolkien, you can. Really? Yeah. I thought it was like a, I thought it was like a, a, a fire island, or like fire island music festival only where everything goes right. <laughs> fire festival. Fire festival. <laughs> Fire Island, like, it's a gay it's a, it's time. A, it's yeah. <laughs> fire Island is different. Hey, I have straight family members okay. with a house on Fire Island. Right. They exist. All right. Okay. Um, it, it, I want to talk about Lord of the Rings now. Damn you. Oh, I, I, I actually, I, this could be something that is analyzed and debated over, and I have no idea. And I'm just right. like, oh, we're done. They, they went yeah. to heaven right, or right, to right. the Undying Lands. Well, see, my problem you know, is when you leave a short story, like you said, with just the right amount enough of like ambiguity, and you yeah. feel, I feel like I'm doing the author's work for them. I think that they're, I mean, authors work, you know, I think it's to expand your imagination and for you to undergo emotions and you can take it even further. I, I'm going to lay out my, my favorite short story. Okay. It's kind of a lame one because it's fucking 
awful in some ways, but John Updike's A&P. Have you ever read it? Uh, it's about A&P a, Railroad? No, no. Okay. It's A&P, a grocery store. It's a grocery cashier. He's like working at a beach town, and while he's there, two girls come in in bikinis. Okay. And uh, the, the cashier just lusts over them the whole now, time. are you sure you're not reading Penthouse I am for sure. I am sure. Gotcha. He lusts over them the whole time, uh, checks them out. And then uh, the manager is like, girls, you can't be in here. You, uh-huh. you're, you're dressed inappropriately. And they get all embarrassed. And the cashier, like, stands up for them being like, no, you can't embarrass those girls. I quit. And he quits his job and he walks out of there. And they're long gone. Like, they didn't right. stick around because they didn't know he, that he was being their protector. And he's just like, oh, okay. And, I mean, that's the end. And... <laughs> I, I fucking love that story um, because uh, there's a lot of reasons, but, uh, okay. um, you know, it's Can you go into some of, of the you, reasons? It's the stupidity of youth. Yeah. Um, it's also knowing very well the way that youth think. Like when I first read that story, if you read the story, some of the descriptions of the girls, yeah. uh, they're certainly very prurient and very right on. You know, like he sees like a, a little tiny wisp of untanned skin right at the, the you know, their neckline. And uh, that's something he obsesses over for a second. You know, he's in love with these girls. He's never seen them before. He doesn't know their names. And he's just completely in love with them. And he'll do anything for them. And, you know, then it turns out that he, you know, major gesture. What's going to happen next? Is he going to go beg for his job back? I don't care. You know, I just just want that. I want to see that act. And I saw the cause. I saw his reaction. And I think the last line is something like, you know, I realized it was a cold, unfeeling world or something. Oh and, you know, God. and we're done. And I, I don't care. Is he going to get his job back? Is he going to go run after those girls? Is he going to, like, learn from this? I mean, he was just a, being a stupid fucking idiot kid. And, um, you know, all of a sudden everything felt like it meant the world to him and was the world to him. Interesting. So. Interesting. I can't see myself reading that. All right. Then. I'm trying to think of, like, if I have a short story that I enjoy. I mean, without a doubt, probably the most short stories I've read come from Stephen King. And yeah. I really don't like Stephen uh, King. Stephen King's got some amazing short stories. Right? And I'm I, I'm not well-versed on his bibliography. Okay. So I can't recall which. It was Needful Things or Short Story. Was no, that a full no, that was, a, that was, that was a full, full time. thing. Yes. That may yeah. be his most underrated work. Really? I love Needful Things. It's such I, a great idea. I haven't read it for a long time. And the movie was outstanding. Do you remember the movie? I never saw it because I was <sighs> not that you know, impressed by the book. Oh, okay. So. All right. Um, no, uh, yeah, I don't know. Listeners, chime in. Tell us your favorite short stories because I'm dying right now. <laughs> the one that really turned me off was a Stephen Crane one I read in college. Freshman year, I believe, about – it was like, you know, set – probably around the turn of the century, the nine, like 1900, 1905 or something. And it's this snowy day or the snowy evening. And this guy goes and plays a game of poker and he gets an altercation. And he shoots a guy and then he walks back to his house through the snow. And that was like the end of it. I think it was called the blue light or something like that. Okay. It just drove me nuts. I didn't know who this fucking guy was. I didn't know why he shot the dude. I didn't know why. The blue hotel. The blue hotel. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Not for me. Oh, that me sounds great. I love it. I just want, I don't want these you know, details in there. Oh, I don't need that. I God. want the bigger picture. Oh, of- but then you miss out on fucking uh, book 12, book, book 13 of the wheel of time where, you know, where, is it book 13? It, one, the later books where Matt goes into the Tower of Genji, you miss that. You miss 
the, the, the gigantically long stories and how you get all this development like you get in real life. Look, when they put it on Amazon, I'm sure I will make it up to that season. Yeah, but uh, I think they're making a terrible. TV show of that series. Oh, God. Uh, the Tower of Genji is just going to be ruined. Don't do the Tower of hey, Genji. I've tried reading The Wheel of Time because I actually saw fucking Billy Zane yeah. uh, produced a little pilot uh, yeah. episode for that, uh, for a show he wanted to make of it. Right. And I watched it, and it wasn't great, but the, the, the kernel of story, I was thinking, this is fucking really cool. Oh, And so yeah. I picked up the first book, and the prologue was fucking really cool. Oh, it's so And all cool. of a sudden, like, oh, this is not about that anymore. We we're, have gone we're back forward to the in time. Shire, yeah. Two guys walking so, down a dirt path. Maybe I'll get back to it someday, and I'll turn into <laughs> the biggest Wheel of Time fan you've ever seen, Dingleberry. Come, come on in. The water is fine. All right. <laughs> um... Anything else about reading? I do want to say, no offense, because I do it too, way more than I should, but I think this whole thing of online perusing and reading, I don't think we can call that reading. To no, me, I don't. It's time-wasting. Well, I wouldn't say time-wasting in some ways, you're right. but at the same time, no, I wouldn't call that reading. Yeah. You know, I, that's why I'm saying to myself, I can't. I, I don't think I can call myself a voracious reader anymore. Ah, you know, I've not read all those books you saw on my shelf. I've not read all of them. What percentage, but, though? Because, I mean, neither have I. I th- I'd say if you're batting over 75%. I was going to say maybe 70 75%. Ah, yeah, you know? And that, actually, I read a quote by Nick Hornby one time. That somebody came over and saw his books and uh-huh. uh, and asked, "Oh my goodness, have you read all of these?" And he just laughed. And he said, "I guess you don't love books." Yeah, a book lover you know, picks up, you know. Oh yeah. And they've constantly got like twelve thousand they haven't read yet, but oh, it's yeah. on their list. It's so. it's like being a druggie and needing a drug and not having. Yeah. It. I am in the mood to write read a book. I will yeah. fucking I need to have that book like right there. Yeah, you know? I agree. So um, and I'm still calling myself. I'm no longer a voracious reader. The internet and TV have ruined me. That's a shame. But, I mean, what's, like, give me a, uh, like, for myself, I don't think I would ever read a novel on the the Romanov family and the Russian dynasty of, you know, the 300 years before the revolution. Okay. But because of online reading, like, I know probably more about it than the average person. Sure. What's something, like, you've read online that you never would have read a book about, but because we have, like, all these resources in Wikipedia now, yeah. we can at least get ourselves up to, like, a 101 level. Man, that is a good question. Yeah. And Romanov's popped up. I will just go down a Wikipedia rabbit hole sometimes. Times. Okay. You know, I'll be like, I'm going to read all about every serial killer in 1972 for some reason. Okay. Um, but then I, I will sometimes read, you know, true crime or okay. uh, like the uh, the book that came out not too long ago, uh, uh, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, I think it was called, Patton Oswalt's Wife, the, the wife who passed away. Okay. She wrote it. Anyway, um, yeah. uh, I'll like get into that, but... If I start reading a whole book on that, it'll just fucking bum me out and feel depressed and awful about humanity. But I'll spend like an hour, you know, going down the Wikipedia hole on uh, on whatever. So probably something like that. Okay. Quick question, just to go back to short stories. Sure. Was Breakfast at Tiffany's a short story? I don't think so. Might have been a novella, but uh, I don't think a short story. Okay. I thought it was. Anyway, I kind of enjoyed that one. Um, Let me see if there's anything else I want to discuss with reading. Um, how do you feel about writers? And this has more to do with writing than reading, I okay. guess. But writers who make the change to 
not writing novels, but writing movies and screenplays and stuff. That's a fascinating question in terms of how I think that's perceived as like selling out. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're aware, but there's going to be a new Star Trek show later this year okay. with Captain Picard. Like Patrick Stewart's going to oh, come back and be in Star Trek. Cool. And one of the writers on the writing staff for that show is Michael Chabon. The, the writer of Wonder Boys, Cavalier and Clay. Oh, oh. Yeah, like okay. he is a, a serious bona fides yeah. literary writer, and he's going to be, he's writing on the staff of right, right. A, a Star Trek TV show. Cool, very nice. Yeah, so I think that it gets shit on, but I, I got to say, I don't see what the problem is. I mean, I, I, it's a different medium for sure, so I, I wonder, do you know any off the top of your head other well, than yeah. Cormac McCarthy? He wrote, and maybe I think he maybe even directed too, but he at least wrote a movie a couple years that's ago. That's the that one that popped into my was head. Supposed to be shitty. It yeah, was I've not seen it, and that's kind of why I brought it up. I love reading Cormac McCarthy, maybe, maybe more than any other American writer that has ever lived. Yeah. And the movie was called The Counselor. Yes. With Brad Pitt, it had a killer cast: Harvey right. Bardem, uh, Brad Pitt, Michael Fassbender. Um, I always want to call her Cuba Gooding Jr. because she's from Cuba, but it's it's Cameron Diaz. <laughs> I always want to call her Cuba Gooding Jr. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> she's from Cuba. I'm glad uh, it wasn't. Never mind. Yeah. And I couldn't stand it. Yeah, I thought it was terrible. I, I never saw it, but I heard a lot of bad things. So, I mean, now. But like William Faulkner became yeah. a screenwriter, you know. What? Back in, did yeah, he, yeah. What did he write? I don't know. Any, like, no, I mean, nothing it's the 1930s, famous, nothing obvious. that we have read necessarily, but I, I feel like Maybe I'm right about that. Mutiny on the Bounty or some shit like no, that? No, I don't no. know. Yeah, I. It's just it's interesting to me how and maybe we'll do another episode, but I because I kind of wanted to focus more on why reading is making its way out, you know, which yeah. it has been for what do we want to say like thirty years, twenty years, probably. Yeah, but has it really? Or I mean, this is one of those. Was it was it always the good old days back then? I mean, was oh, did reading oh. have such a heyday at certain uh, point? Oh well. I mean, if we're going to really talk like, yeah, I think like 300 years ago, it was huge because it was yeah, like but huge the, among whom, you know, <coughs> like uh, this is something I point out to my students. You know, we're reading the stuff that, you know, every Roman read, but no, every literate Roman because the literacy rate was maybe like 10 percent. So you're, you're, ta- you're not talking about most people. So wait, so what percentage of America let's take away Af- uh, enslaved African-Americans because that would be unfair to categorize them as as illiterate because they never had the chance. Let's say like 1850, uh, what percentage of America is literate, do you think? Oh, right now? No, 1850. Oh, 1850. I have no idea. But I think literate um, and reading literature, reading novels, would be two very different things. See, I always got – I thought the stereotype was that like everybody knew how to – like everybody read the paper back in the day. So everybody knew how to read and you didn't have anything to do. So you just read all Maybe the you, you know, read the newspaper. Yeah. But are they sitting around reading – uh, Wuthering Heights or whatever what came out in 1850. Well, not just that, but, you know, like, fucking Blackestone commentaries and, you know, religious doctrines. I feel like people just read more back in the day, not necessarily because it was the preferred way to get entertainment, but it was, like, the only way to get entertainment unless you saw a play, you uh-huh. know? Nowadays, we just have so much, and I'm just curious, 
Like if you put them all on an even pedestal, what is it that pushes people away from reading and draws them towards comic books or yeah. or TV shows or you know music or whatever? It just might be the. I mean, this is maybe too much to get into now, yeah. but it might be the whole shiny, shiny. You know. I don't know for sure, but I will say William Faulkner um, wrote several films, two of them critically acclaimed, uh-huh. both of them starring Humphrey Bogart, To Have and Have Not, based on okay. an Ernest Hemingway novel. And yeah. then, I've seen this movie, The Big Sleep. He he wrote The Big Sleep, which was based on a Raymond Chandler novel. I've heard um, of it. So I think, I think it's a Philip Marlowe novel. Uh, I mean, that's the character, the detective character, and Humphrey Bogart plays it in The Big Sleep. Is the the cover of that movie the one where the guys are, like, walking across the street with a coffin on their shoulders or something? I don't something? think so. Uh, I was at, uh, you know, Lauren Bacall. Not Lauren Bacall. Um, yes, Lauren Bacall. Excuse okay. me. What am I saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bogey and Bacall. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's a Philip Marlowe. Yeah. Interesting. So anyway, William Faulkner wrote the screenplay to that. Yeah. So it wasn't his, you know, it was based on a right. uh, Chandler, Raymond Chandler yeah. novel. I but, guess uh, I'll leave before before we move on unless you have anything else to say. No, we I kind think, of have meandered, but in a good way. Yeah, my, my last thought about reading is this, that I am, you know, uh, self-realized. I'm a weird dude with some fucked up shit that goes through my head. Yeah. And... In generality, it's very hard to portray that in a visual medium. And visual mediums, because they're so expensive, backers are afraid to make a, uh, you know, a Gone Girl very often. They're afraid to make a Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas very often. You get so many more, you know, Christmas with the Cranks. And I don't know why that's the first movie that popped into my... (laughs) We've never seen it. Don't know what you're going Cookie cutter, easy to swallow, tripe type stuff. Right. And for Franchises and comic book movies. Yeah, I feel like one of the main reasons we imbibe art is to make sure that there are kindred souls like us out there. Yeah. And when I watch, you know, the main movies that are... that, that get picked up by cinemas and become popular and people talk about I'm like okay you know this is this isn't Frank Capra yeah. but it's certainly not what's going on in my head yeah. you know so I'll read a, a Charles Bukowski I'll read you know uh, not Dostoyevsky I'll never read that fucking shit <laughs> I'll read a Mark Twain to to okay. to see these how Weird people interpret the weirder world. I remember really loving the Brothers Karamazov in high school. Really? But, you know, never went back and reread it. Okay. So. Yeah, I don't know. I could never get into the Russians. Yeah. All right then. Anyway, well, but do you have anything about that? Like that's to me, it's 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 an avenue to find the most characters like me. Okay. I mean, I think there's a that is another huge topic. Why do we art? And I definitely yeah. I agree with you. I'll, I'll I mean I've got lots of opinions, right. but. Uh, maybe we should save that for another topic and say I think that's a, a good starting point. That cool. yeah. All right, let's move on to my topic, and All right. this will episode will drop on the day of my topic. Oh. Valentine's Day. Oh, so Arbor day. As, no, no Valentine's Day. As okay. you listen to this, it will be Valentine's Day, and yes, ladies. It is my birthday. But that's not what we're here to talk about. I think we already did a birthday episode. So, Valentine's Day. Yes. Paul. Yes. You are getting married. True story. I'm getting married in uh, three days. In three days. Now, obviously, you base that around Valentine's Day. And not even close. Bullshit. Actually, so, you know, we're both, uh, we both teach and we both get President's Day off. Okay. So, we actually chose. 
this because of uh, the long three-day weekend. Mm-hmm. And then as we were trying to fucking book like restaurants, uh, we find out, oh, yeah, we're pretty packed because of Valentine's Day. All right. Shit. So, but Valentine's Day is Thursday. You're the telling 14th, me yeah. it carries over to the weekend? Well, because if people are going to go out for Valentine's, some people mm. don't go out on the day. It's kind of like Halloween. Some people you know, party the weekend before or the weekend after. Yeah, but that's to party because you're going to have a hangover. Well, I think you that can absolutely some... have dinner and then have romantic or kinky or whatever kind of sex. Sure. Wake up early in the morning, raring to go. Uh, you could, but I still think a lot of people, you know, they they wait until the weekend because maybe they can't get a sitter. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of situations where I think couples of whatever ilk are going to have a hard time getting it together on Valentine's Day. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So now, are you a fan of Valentine's Day? Um, it's one of those things that when I've been dating somebody, I will uh, observe it maybe. Okay. Like when I was in college with my college girlfriend, you know, we uh, went out to dinner. We weren't uh, very romantic, honestly, but yeah. uh, we, we, would, we went out to dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got her flowers, whatever. Right. Um, and uh, I'll tell you the weirdest Valentine's Day I've had. I, I've mentioned on the show before, I was dating this girl who was in the kink community in D.C., and she asked me if I wanted to go to a happy hour. Yeah. And it turned out that the happy hour was Valentine's Day. Just, right. Just turned out it was. So uh, we go to this happy hour, and uh, she's in the community, and she's got other play partners. Right. And she tells me, listen, my, my, my other play partner, he's not going to be there tonight, so don't worry. I don't want you to be freaked out about yeah. going to meet people. I said, oh, you know, whatever. We're not exclusive. Right. Don't yeah. worry about it. So we get there, and I've mentioned before how I could not have been more bored by the conversation, but uh, about halfway through, in walks this guy who, I'll just use his name because I think he's since left the community mm-hmm. uh, in disgrace. Uh, his name is Mr. Sean. Okay. And uh, it's the, the guy that my, my, my date was seeing, and she freaks out. Okay. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry that he's here. Yeah. Don't be awkward. Don't be weird. And I'm like, it's totally fine. We're cool. I and first mind. of all, lady, had you not said anything, I would not know who this guy is. Well, I'm sure he was going to come over you know, and talk to her. So maybe yeah, but he wouldn't have come up sure. and been like, hey, I'm the butt plug guy. Like... Well, well, hold on a second. Okay. Oh. So anyway, um, uh, she says, well, great, you know, I'll, I'll bring him over and I'll introduce you. And uh, we have a seat and he comes over and I'm introduced mm-hmm. and he immediately um, sits down with us uh-huh. and starts stroking my date's thigh. Oh, wow. Um, and like, like way up her leg uh-huh. and um, kind of just kept giving me a look the whole time. Uh-huh. So while I was not Wait, hold on, out, you can't say a look. You got to describe this look. Was uh, it a, a possessive wh- look. Oh, okay. Yeah. It wasn't a come hither, let's get into no, this? No, It wasn't a no. come at me, bro, but it no, was No, it was definitely an asserting his dominance look, and I'm all of a sudden just like, all right, now, fuck this. This is weird, and Did this you is laugh? not what I signed up for. I would have had a laugh. Um, I, I just kind of smile, and they're like, <laughs> oh, all right, whatever, <laughs> Yeah. because you've just made me part of your kink that I, I did not I, I did not ask for an invitation to this. Ah, you know? I got to imagine that's a big no, no, no in the community, right? I, I think so. So, but, you know, I don't know what was happening there mm-hmm. other than, and maybe I misread the situation, you know, yeah. maybe I got freaked out uh, over nothing.
something, but... Well, no, I'm not a gynecologist, a but I think he was fingering her, Paul. Right. Okay. So, and uh, I made a, a decently quick excuse that I had to get out because it was a school night, and mm-hmm. I, I took off. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't see each other much longer after that, just because I, okay. I felt weirded that, like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. She made a big deal of it. Like, she was trying to invite the drama. Right. And I was not interested yeah. in that, or, you know... That is a very... So, <laughs> Bizarre. Uh, it was Valentine's a very, Day. very strange Valentine's yeah. Day. So no, I'm not typically in for the uh, the typical thing. You know, my my fiance last year and I we uh-huh. went to this burger place we like a lot, and yeah. I think we're gonna do that again just because oh, nice. we like that burger place. And so, you know, are we doing something for Valentine's? Yeah. Shh, we're going to a burger place, but it is for us. It's our right. thing. Yeah. But uh, I, Valentine's Day. I've never understood it because what does it matter what day it is? Like, can't you have a special day with your partner whenever? Whenever. Yeah, and I'm of the same ilk. And also, and, you know, I'm sure there will be ladies who maybe take offense to this and maybe uh, they will say I'm in the wrong. Uh-huh. But to me, it is just very, it's like a disrespectful idea. And it's. All right. Wait, it's, why? Disrespectful well, in what way? It, well, first of all, like I don't think any of, we're all adults here. Let's be honest. This uh-huh. was this is a made up nonsensical thing by capitalistic uh, entities that needed to sell stuff in a time of our year when not yeah. a lot of stuff is sold. Yeah. So it's made up. So the fact that you're expecting attention or wanting attention or extra special things to happen to you on something that is based on nothing yeah is just like to me it reverts back to the like pay attention to me because i'm a girl for no other reason wait what it's it's like this is girls day but it's a made up girls day okay like you, you, it, well, now this is you're, kind of getting into... You're a human being in a relationship. Aren't all holidays made up and what's the point behind them? Well, and no, no. I would say no. Thanksgiving, you know, uh-huh. we, we spared the, the Native Americans that, that coup d'etat and we, we let them come party with us. Right? Wait, what? We Thanks. spared them? We, we spared them the kill shot. Like, you know, we, we quit killing them for like a couple years so we could have dinner with them, right? I'm not a historian. I think that's how it happened. Or at least oh, my God. Say. Please, let's move on. Um, <laughs> Thanksgiving uh, was the pilgrims and the Native Americans coming together, Paul. We, you know that. All right. So, but like. Fourth of July now, now is we're getting into a, Day. Yeah. Christmas is, is, if you believe in Christ, the day he was resurrected no. or made no. bread oh, or something. Oh, God. No. I don't know. No, it's when his birthday is a Observed, but even Christians will tell you that's not when he would have been born. Right, but there's still so. an idea behind. Okay, it. yeah. Saint Valentine's Day is nothing. There's, there's, it's a made-up day of respect for somebody you should be respecting 365 days a year anyway. All right. Um, so you're against it. <laughs> I'm very against. I, I just feel like women should reject it. I feel like it's. Why is it still about women? Because it's a date. It's. It, am I wrong on this? Is do men not like uh, get excited for Valentine's Day? Some of them, or well, what or, men get presents for Valentine's Day? I'm. Is that a thing? Yeah, I think that generally couples give each other something. I don't know that it's always just men giving women something. Oh well, my household, I guess, was different. Oh, okay. all my relatives, all my friends. I've never known a guy. I don't mean, have any a, friends. I've I, this is coming from a place of ignorance because I've yeah. rarely given Valentine's Day gifts. Yeah, um, and if they've been, they've been something like you know. 
uh, cookies and yeah. I received cookies okay. and, you know, we go out to dinner. Yeah. You know, I might have given flowers, but yeah. Uh, that, yeah, I, I've never thought of it as a women exclusive. I guess women, um, more often than not, uh, the narrative anyways yeah. is more around women. Um, and then uh, you may be familiar with Galentine's Day, which uh, no, is I'm a not. recent... Oh, my, uh, I had students talking about it. Uh, it trends on Twitter these days on oh. February 13th. Oh, it's based okay. on a uh, Parks and Rec uh, episode where Leslie Nope got all of her girlfriends together uh, before Valentine's Day and had a Galentine's Day. Okay. And so now... Um, that's weird. I call it hanging out with friends, but that's cute. Well, up a name because of it. Valentine's Day. Made so for now, a made-up reason. I make up my own reasons like, hey, let's get together. I enjoy your company. Yeah. Well, you could make up your own like friend day where you want to just hang out with your friends. I do all the time. Okay. Just hanging out with friends. Yeah. So my beef is that it's like this marketed thing. Yeah. That. So what you don't like is capitalism. Well, we've said that before. Yes. (laughs) But it's like, I don't know. It's. There isn't like a national go out and buy pillows day because we have to have pillows. I fucking bet there is. Probably. It's like this national, you've got to do something special for somebody that you're in a relationship with. And if you're in a relationship with somebody, you should already think they're special. Yeah. To me, it's just this contrived. I I agree with that, that... um, I, I, I feel, and maybe I'll be in this situation eventually the longer I'm in a relationship, but um, I feel sad for people who, uh, we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. some of our colleagues, they have to put in the time with their wives at right. Valentine's Day, and then we get to go out. We've earned it. Yeah. Um, and that kind of depresses me that, you know, I'm looking forward to going to the burger place with my fiance tomorrow. Right. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, but, uh, you know, it's just more any excuse to uh, to celebrate. You know, I'm getting married this weekend, mm-hmm. but you know that I'm also, we're going to have another ceremony um, about six months from now. Right. And half the reason when we came up with this plan we were like two anniversaries and you know I do think that's one of those an anniversary is one of those uh, not made up but definitely marketed and the narrative is towards like guys you gotta come through on your anniversary see I disagree and uh, I I will look forward to having two anniversaries of an event it's just any excuse to to have a good time so Valentine's Day probably has a lot of weird pressure on it for a lot of people that it shouldn't whether it's another problem for me is that it how many people how many girls have you talked to it's mostly girls I mean I I don't want to be sexist but I only speak through my own experiences sure it's mostly girls it seems that will get will let it affect them why like why are you getting depressed about a made up day because you don't like who needs a guy? You don't need a now, guy. Now let's talk about people who get depressed around Valentine's Day. Yeah. And I think it would like I think the the general story would be single people, right? Like, oh, yes. I don't have somebody. Mm-hmm. But do single guys not get depressed they don't have somebody around Valentine's Day? I certainly do not. Well, but you know, you're not looking. Uh, but right. what about somebody who is and you know, to see everybody all these I'm couples curious. around? I'll have to ask the one person I know who is single and oh, not looking. Who's that? Also. Um, a friend of yours or colleague? No, no, it's a colleague. Let's let's call him uh, the ball player, the basketball ball player. player. The ba- oh, okay, yeah. okay. He's yeah. the only one who I know who is actively also not looking. And uh, oh, see, I don't even know anything about his romantic life. Is he is he a player? Is he a? Uh, I don't know that much either. I just know he's not looking, and we always okay. talk about how we enjoy going out because yeah. we're the only two who. 
aren't looking or don't have somebody to go to at the end of the night. And this we can, is a weird tangent. Is yeah. he the one who told everybody about the head doctor? No. Okay, so he wasn't on. He no. wasn't on that. No. Uh, okay. All right. Yes. Okay. But it wouldn't surprise me if he was. If he knew about it. If he knew about it. Sure. Yes. Well, yes. you know, yeah, yeah, everybody anyway. knew about it. Apparently. Look, we all lived. Right. But um. So how about this? Let's end on a positive note. Okay. How about that from Van Kelly? You don't hear uh, that too often. Never. You're not a positive person. At Best all. Valentine's Day. And I'll even throw it in your direction of the Valentine's Day time period. So like yeah. if it was a weekend thing or okay. you know, whatever. <laughs> Best Valentine's Day? Yeah. Um, I have been single for a lot of Valentine's Days. Okay. So, you know, I very often have done nothing right. and it's not been a big deal. Like when I was a kid, my mom used to always want to go out with the family for dinner on Valentine's Day. Oh, cool. Uh, we'd go to like uh, a Japanese steakhouse. Yeah. So I've got some fond memories of okay. uh, Japanese steakhouse Valentine's Days. Very nice. Um, and then also just, you know, my last year with my fiance, we. Oh, yeah. Uh, I gave her some truffles. She gave me some peanut butter brownies. We had burgers and, you know, fooled around. It was terrific. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Yeah. See, that's another thing I, uh, also I don't get about the Valentine's Day thing is I hate having sex after eating and on a full stomach. <laughs> so I just don't see how that happens. So you wait. How Do you have to wait like four hours or six hours? Is like going I don't know. Pool? I usually just like starve myself for a day and a half beforehand. So. Jesus. Yeah. How do you have the stamina? Do you have like at least like a protein bar by the bed? Yeah, I or? drink like a five-hour, get some B vitamins, and then like, yeah. That is not that a, I think we need to talk about having healthy sex in the future because that does <laughs> not sound like it. Maybe we do. Maybe we yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is a little story from my past. Okay. One of my three serious girlfriends, uh-huh. um, we started dating about a week after Valentine's Day. Uh, her roommate was dating one of my best friends, uh, Yefro. I've talked about him on here numerous times. Yeah. They're actually married now. Good for them. Oh. And um, they were telling me how this, the, the girl's roommate was single and uh, stayed at home on Valentine's Day. And she was just listening to music. She made herself dinner. She rolled herself a joint. She smoked and got high. Uh-huh. And I was like, wow, that's uh, that sounds awesome. And I didn't know the girl at the time. So I was like, that girl sounds up my alley. Okay. So like the, I think Valentine's Day that year was on a Thursday. So the next night we went out to a bar, a local bar in our town and I ran into the girl and I brought up, oh, I heard your Thanksgiving was blah, blah, blah. I heard you did this, you did that. And she was kind of tipsy and she goes, well, yeah, but they also left out after I smoked a joint, I definitely had to masturbate a couple times. And okay. Yeah. Long story short, yada, yada, yada. She came home that evening and it was a great Valentine's. <laughs> it was a good Valentine's Day. Wait, maybe I lost the thread of the story. Was yeah. this your friend's wife? No, it was my friend's girlfriend at the time, her okay. roommate. Oh, okay. All right. All and because right, right. they had told me, because like I saw them together before going out on Valentine's right. Day and they were like, oh, my roommate, uh, let's call her Mall Dog. Mall Dog was staying at home, getting high, watching, you know, like a TV show I enjoyed that night. And I was okay. like, that girl sounds awesome. And then the next night, 
she was like, yeah, I did that, but I also masturbated a bunch. Okay. And I was like, well, I guess this See, is It's happening. a pretty clear single signal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She's so, still single? She, uh... Uh, she is, actually. I might huh. see her next weekend, actually. Oh, well, yeah. that's nice. Reconnect with old flames. Yes. And she also is a teacher, so... Oh, really? Art artist, too. You know how I have a thing for artists? Is she on Facebook? I do not know. Well, write her name I, down for I, me. I, I will. Just curious. Actually. Yeah. Uh, we're coming up on an hour, Paul. So any last thoughts on St. Valentine's Day and or reading? Man, I never even talked about Lupercalia, the Roman festival it's based on. So nah, that'll have to wait for next time, uh, uh, historian buff. Has there ever been a good book written about Valentine's Day? Uh, I, don't know. I don't know. Medea does Valentine. Oh, no, he doesn't write books, does he? Are there Medea books? I don't know. I would he think did. I bet there are. I don't know if he writes them. Well, I, but, uh, that's what you can go Wikipedia and read about. Oh, tonight. okay. I'll Tyler go read Perry's about Tyler Perry's franchise. Yeah. Right, exactly. Very cool. Tell people where they can find us, Paul. Hit us up on Twitter at EDID Podcast and go to Facebook and search Every Day I'm Different. Uh, this has been another episode. I'm Van Kelly for Paul Patrick. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Every day I'm different. Have a good one. See ya.